You are listening to HHS bonus content from the Hillbilly Horror Stories Network. This bonus content is released during the week for your listening pleasure while awaiting the release of Sunday's actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episode. All bonus content will be listed as HHS Presents or HHS Midweek while the actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episodes will have only an episode number and the title listed, for example, 187, The Kentucky Vampires. Those episodes are a longer deep dive into a particular subject. If you are new to the show and the bonuses aren't your style, get the full-length episode to try. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the midweek episode 21. 21. Yep, creeping up on that six-month mark. Yeah. We got the uh, uh, folks from Haunted Farmlands coming up in uh, a little bit later. Uh, Tracy and I have a, a short story to tell you about St. Mikan's Church first. Okay. But then they're going to come on and uh, <laughs> um, we'll just say that they are uh, quite the firecrackers. Uh, <laughs> well, David is fairly calm most of the way, but Emily tends to go off on a few little tangents, as you'll hear Uh <laughs> When we mentioned Hellier and uh, mm-hmm. what we, I, I wouldn't think anything about it. I was thinking Hellier's a cool show. She's down there from Ashland, which is one of the areas they talked about on the show. Uh-huh. And I thought, hey, it'd be fun to ask her what, you know, what the buzz around Ashland is about Hellier mentioning them and all that. And I was thinking this was going to be like, oh, it's been so great. No, no, that was not the response I got at no, all. Oh, gosh. So you'll have to, you'll have to listen to, uh, near the end to hear that but they've got a cool project going on uh, where they go to haunted farmlands across the country and mm-hmm. document that and that's cool so they tell us a little bit about that and some of the experiences they've had really cool nice. but yeah the the end is what you'll really want to stay tuned <laughs> for because I, I really touched a nerve not trying to but i did and it was funny because as soon as i said i brought it up david's like uh-oh <laughs> he already knew what was gonna be coming <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about St. Mikan's Church. So today we're going to take you to Dublin, Ireland. Well, actually, we're just going to tell you a story from there. We can't afford to take all of you to Dublin, Ireland. Oh, that would be a nice gesture. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we can't even afford to take ourselves to Dublin, Mm, Ireland. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to tell you about St. Mikan's Church. First of all, who is St. Mikan? This is probably a little better question than you realize, because it's not 100% clear who he was. It's thought that he was a Danish bishop who built a church in 1095. He built it above some vaults that had been constructed in an ancient oak forest. The church was rebuilt in the exact same location in the 1700s. The church is still there today, and it has some pretty cool stuff there. There was a very charismatic Irish patriot by the name of Theobald Wolf Tone. Now, he lived from 1763 to 1798. Now, he obviously was very highly regarded in the area because his death mask is stored here at the church. You've probably heard of the famous song, Handel's Messiah. You know, the song Messiah made by Handel. Yeah, no. (laughs) You've got to be kidding me. I don't think. Okay. Sing it. It's not something I'm going to sing. It's it's something from... Anyways, the organ <laughs> that he practiced on 
He Which said he, the organ. Yeah, the organ that he practiced the song on. Oh, they said Oregon. No, not well. Maybe I did say it. Anyway, it's not organ. The organ that he practiced on before his very first live performance in Dublin is also here at the church. That is so awesome. I mean, he died young then. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, he was like only thirty. Well, thirty something. That's not the guy we said well ago. I didn't even tell you anything about Mendel. Oh. I handled. Now you got me saying Mendel because of Messiah. <laughs> I don't know how old he was. The other guy, stay with me. The other guy was the one whose death mask is there. This is a whole different guy. Anyways, so there's two different things there. And then there was a famous philosopher by the name of Edmund Burke who was baptized there. A gentleman by the name of Charles Stuart Parnell who was the home rule leader. I have no clue what that is. I didn't look it up. He had his funeral there. But they were all famous people mm-hmm. in the area. That stuff's cool, but that's not why we're actually telling you the story about St. Michael's Church. We're going to tell you about what's underneath the church. You see, to get there, you have to open these two massive, heavy iron doors. Once the doors are open, you're standing in front of some very steep stone steps. That's kind of hard to say. Mm-hmm. Steep stone steps. I love alliteration, though. Then you're going to walk down the steps. You're going to descend into darkness. You would think that the underground vault you're headed to would be cold and damp, wouldn't you? Yeah. Quite the contrary. The air here is warm and fresh. It's not completely dark down here either. So there is just a little bit of light, but it does take a a few minutes for your eyes to adjust. When they do adjust, what you're going to see is a line of vaulted cells. You know, like Mm -hmm. jail cells type. Guess what's in most of these? Prisoners. No. Coffins. In most of the cases, it's not just single coffins. It's several coffins stacked on top of each other. And not neatly either. It's just like they're just... Thrown in there? Just thrown in there. These are from hundreds of years of the same family being buried in the same vault. So that family, they just cram all the coffins in there. (laughs) Many of these caskets have collapsed... Onto the caskets below them. Or I guess technically I should say into the caskets below them. Sometimes an arm, a leg, or even a head will be sticking out of the casket. Oh my God. As you walk by. Here's what's amazing. Some of these bodies are 800 years old. They should be dust by now. Yet, most of them are mummified. And in great condition. And when I say great condition... I mean, like, you could go up to an arm or a leg and move it back and forth, and the joints still work. How is that possible? Well, hold on, baby bird. I'll feed you. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, in the skin, in case you're wondering, it's like uh, leather, but kind of a tan color. So, make good auto upholstery. They think that the oak trees that are on the property somehow keep moisture out of the basement area. Like they suck up all the moisture mm-hmm. from the ground so there's none left to go into here. And that's what keeps the bodies in such great shape. Also, the only living creatures down here are spiders. So no mice, no rats, raccoons, none of that stuff. They used to let people actually come in and touch the bodies and like move the arms and stuff back and forth. But someone broke four fingers off one of the 800-year-old corpses, and then they decided, um, yeah, let's not do that anymore. 
So now you can't touch. You can still go in there, but you can't touch bodies. Back to the lack of moisture that's created in this perfect environment for these bodies. Here is how they came to the conclusion that moisture, the lack of moisture is what's fixing, you know, keeping these bodies pristine. In the 1800s, there was a set of brothers, John and Henry Shearer. They were hung and beheaded. Okay, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I don't. that don't make sense to me either. Unless <laughs> I thought they were vampires or something was going to come. But they were hung, then they were beheaded. In 1853, they, I guess, dug them up from wherever they were. I guess they hung them first and then beheaded them. Yes. Okay. And then they... Yeah, because it would be hard to hang them after you beheaded them. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> they kept flipping off. I don't know what to do. Anyways. <laughs> in 1853, they re-entombed them, put them in new coffins, and put them in one of the vaults in there. They stood them up with the heads down in between their feet. Ew. People from the area started bringing wreaths and stuff to the new burial location. Within a year, the moisture from the flowers destroyed all of the bodies that was in that vault, causing them to crumple into dust. Oh, my goodness. So, therefore, they say, well... No more flowers. Yeah, no more... that. The moisture from the flowers is what caused the bodies to... That is the craziest apart, thing. So no more moisture. Paranormal-wise, there isn't a ton of stuff that actually goes on here. We just kind of told you about it because of the creepy factor mm-hmm. of all the bodies down there. Uh, people do hear disembodied voices, but more... More common, though, is that in the days where people used to be able to bend over and, you know, touch the bodies and move the arms and stuff, there was a rash of people that said that when they bent over or squatted down, they could feel an icy finger kind of move down the back of their neck. Oh, what the heck? That was the story. What? That is a creepy old story there. (laughs) Why didn't they just put their head back on their body if they stood them up? I don't know. I guess it'd probably just keep falling off. If there was a stiff wind. There's no wind down there. I don't know. Don't question. You've not been there. You don't know what kind of wind is down there. It could be a dry wind. Oh, dry wind. What is a dry wind? I don't know. It's a wind that doesn't have moisture. If you was in a desert, you would know what a dry wind was. (sighs) So That's disturbing. Anyways, so let's listen to Emily and David from Haunted Farmlands. Hey guys, welcome back to Hibbley Horror Stories. Of course, we've got special guests on Wednesday night, and our guests tonight are from Haunted Farmlands. We've got uh, Emily and David. Uh, they're running this show as, as far as uh, Haunted Farmlands. It's going to be a web series, and they're going to come on and tell us a little bit about some of what they got. Uh, David, I'm going to start with you. Tell me a little bit about your background as a paranormal investigator. Okay, well, I started... Um Boy, you know, you know, like everyone had stuff happen to me when I was really young. And then in my, well, it actually took me until my 30s to actually start a team up. But um, I actually wanted to join another team back in 2004, uh, 2003. And I couldn't really find a team. I was in Omaha, Nebraska. So the one team that was there was the husband and wife. They didn't really want me to join them. So <laughs> I uh, ended up starting a team called PRISM. And now we, I think we're 15 or 16 teams. Uh, for those, Emily, Emily's my girlfriend. So uh, we, she's in Kentucky. We have a long distance relationship, and she has Prism Kentucky. It used to be what the, uh, what was it? <laughs> Emily, chime in. 
Okay, I used to be freaking frack paranormal, and I had Ohio, Kentucky, and Central Florida, and then um, things got so difficult with us trying to separate, because we were doing so much uh, investigating together, so I decided to convert my teams over to PRISM and then start the PRISM Paranormal Network uh, that I've now become a director of. So, But PRISM in total has uh, approximately 16 teams nationwide, and David started it in the late 1990s, early 2000s. Yeah, 2003. But the um, And now what we're doing is we're working on a project called Haunted Farmlands. We visited last year. We visited, um, I mean, I won't get too much into it, so we can talk about it later. But we visited a, a couple really haunted places in Ohio that happened to be at Malabar Farm. And we thought maybe it'd be uh, like a great web series to start doing stuff about haunted farms. I've been to a bunch when I was, especially when I was back in the Midwest, uh, most of the places were farmlands, really, in Nebraska. And there was a lot of super haunted places. And I know Emily's hit some haunted farmlands. And just really nobody's kind of hit that topic. So we were thinking about doing a web series on it. So, Emily, uh, some of you might recognize you or your name because we just did a, a live show with you a couple of weeks ago. You have uh, a series that you do on the Paranormal Warehouse Briefly talk about that real quick so people can uh, find out and we can get a little bit of exposure for both of your projects. Oh, well, thank you so much. I feel so bad about the show. You guys have to come back on in the future. It was terrible connections. And I know that we, Kentucky, we were having high winds um, and things during that week and sleet and snow and all that kind of stuff. So I think it was just a bad web service probably. So. But I do have a show called What the Frick Live. I started it about a year and a half ago. It came off of Frick and Frack Paranormal. And I started it just for, for the fun of it. And then it's grown ever since. I'm booked until July already. I just haven't had everything up there. Um, Friday nights from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Paranormal Warehouse. And then also with PRISM, uh, I started with the uh, PRISM Paranormal Network. I started the prison broadcast there too and i do two shows a month on uh, that network usually it's uh friday nights too from 10 30 to 11 30 and it's all on facebook awesome so yeah. let's let's get into this you're, you're briefly telling me about some of the th some of the um investigations you guys have done up in ohio and some of the the cool stuff that went on tell me a little bit about what people can expect out of haunted farmlands if the, when they tune in because uh, it's not available yet but when it when it is available give everybody an idea of what kind of stuff they can see david you want to go well yeah i know okay. emily started okay. up a facebook page so look up haunted farmlands on there and you know obviously the videos will come up on there as soon as we do them but the first one's going to be we went to i have a, a friend uh eric heiss who's a um, he he works in the park service up in up in by Columbus, and so he asked um, actually asked myself and Emily to come and visit this house. He said it was just so so super haunted. He said he sent me a video. They were actually they were trying to to get to uh, the, you know the top ten haunted places. I think was it USA Today or something, Emily? And they had a, they had a top ten haunted places. And you know Velisca Axe Murder House, all these you know all the places you've you've heard heard about. And they actually what number did they get to? Seven or something like that? Seven or eight? But he has there were nine. Nine. Well, they got there. They they got on the top ten. Yeah, yeah it's pretty impressive. Top ten. Yeah. 
But the thing is that they're never, you know, it's a house that really nobody knows the Seely Rose story. I'll let you, Emily, tell that story. But it, the house is just, um, he told me, here's what I knew in the beginning. He said, he sent me this video. They were doing a tour of the house. Um, and all these unexplained things happen. I mean, uh, also, like, the guy who was holding the, the camera was Eric. And the camera started flickering in and out. Um, I think he said he had heard noises in there. Everyone was kind of freaked out. He said, David, you need to look at this. And next time you come to Ohio, I'd love for you guys to come over there. And so we were up there about three weeks later <laughs> and uh, and and got to, uh, you know, Emily's in Kentucky, so she's really close. She's on the Ohio border. So I flew up to Kentucky and we went up to the Seeley Rose house. And also there's a place called the Louis Bromfeld, the, the big house over there. And it's all located on Malabar Farm. And I think pretty much that whole... Well, you know, that farm itself is just a haunted area. I don't know if it's next to a, uh Indian burial ground or what, what's going on there, but um, it's super haunted. I'll let, you, I'll let Emily tell the story about Seely Rose, though. Thank Emily. you. Give, give me the spooky uh, spooky girl that poisons her family. Talk about her because she freaked me out. <laughs> um Seely Rose, actually, what's really fun with her that I found out she was born on my birthday. So I was like, I have to go and investigate this house uh, for with a girl that was born on March the 13th. I was born on Friday the 13th. I don't know if she was. I never really looked that up. But um, she was a girl in her early 20s. And, you know, back then in, in the late 1800s, if you're not married or have children uh, during that time, that you're kind of looked down upon. She had some learning disabilities. She was a very slow learner, and what the papers and said papers described is that she was um, childlike in nature, usually uh, connecting with people about seven or eight years younger than her. So she falls in love with this neighbor kid that's about five or six years younger than her, named Guy Barry, and he. We have an EVP too, talking about Guy Barry's house, but uh, Guy Barry, you, she could almost see well she could see half of his house from her upstairs bedroom window which is one of the things that people say that they can see Seely standing up in that window and um, she would uh, got kind of obsessed with the uh, the young man and would go and visit him daily over there well he from what I've read in all the articles and stuff he was kind of just trying to just be really nice to her but it was the father that got really upset so the father goes and talks to Seely's parents and says that he doesn't want Celie over there at the house. Well, then uh, Celie took it also is that her parents were also trying to keep her away from this guy, Barry, uh, gentleman. So she ends up one morning in June, decides that she's going to poison her family. She, oh, David, what was that stuff that she got? It was, uh, it was cut. She put, um, she put like a, like rodent killer inside of uh, inside of uh, cream cheese rough on rats it was, was it a, or no it was cottage cheese yeah, yeah rough on rough, rats rough on rats and she poisoned her her she only had one brother named walter her her father was named david and then her mother's name rebecca um she poisoned all of them actually rebecca lived and david and walter died within like a couple days and rebecca lived and was super sick but then she didn't believe, or she stuck by Seely, and then Seely poisoned her again, and then she she passed away. But Seely ended up being up there in Lima, Ohio, one of the first um, people committed. Um, shoot, what's that? What was that place called up there um, in Lima, the insane asylum? 
I thought it was a lemon sand asylum. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was called, I can't remember the name of it. It's been a little bit since I've read about it. But she was one of the first people uh, to be admitted to that facility, and she's actually buried on that property. It's no longer a working Supposedly. facility. But that place is, um, that place is, it's super, it's super heavy. It's kind of, um, I mean, if anybody listening has been to Villisca Axe Murder House, it's the same type of, I guess it's the night you did, depends on the night you're there, but it's, um, it's kind of the same thing. You know, a lot of these places that have a really heavy feeling, you're there for 45 minutes, you start getting a headache, you don't feel comfortable, you want to leave. Um, it just feels dark, you know, and definitely Celie is in that house. 100% and probably her father and some other stuff in there but well, it's and, crazy and too it's like I've never been in a place like this it seems like all the locations that I've investigated and I investigated some really crazy places minus the house that was built 6,000 square feet underground that's super haunted <laughs> other than that the Seely Rose house I think even if you pull up all the blinds in that whole place that, that in, interior is still dark it is just very heavy. Like yeah, she makes noises. She'll. Um, I mean, when we were there, she ended up. As far as we can tell, I mean, you know, you never know. You, we we had a camera down there, but it wasn't facing in the right direction. But it's like it. It. We had, and then the, everything we were doing was upstairs. But there's a, a a door that was had a latch on it, and that thing supposedly, as far as we know, opened and slammed. Um, it's it's that place is crazy, crazy haunted. I mean, I don't know how many people people would really spend the night in that place it's it's a great place though well I, I think too also during all these years doing this I, I i believe that david and i captured probably the two best series of paranormal uh, events that can occur where where something happens boom you have an evp that backs it up and then you, you ask the ghost to do something and it responds with an evp then it goes and does it and then the the latch downstairs that he was talking about david and i were upstairs in Celie's room and we heard that loud bang and we we thought eric went outside it sounded like somebody you know opened a door and shut it and then all of a sudden i'm uh, Celie Rose has three windows in her main room, and one of them is on the side of the home, and the other two is is on the uh, front side of the home, and it kind of goes uphill a little bit, so you can see out of all three windows the road, and, and I saw all of a sudden uh, a girl on a bicycle, but it was from like the late 1800s, early 1900s, I mean it was thin, all in white dress, and it looked like she had braids. I couldn't see her face that well, but it was like a split second. I was like, somebody's on a bike, and it, they were going uphill. And um, and then I looked in the middle window, and then I looked in the other window, and they never went. she never went past those other two windows. Yeah, and she shows up to people as well, right? The tour guide who's there, she showed up to him. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Sebastian. Oh, what's his first? Mark, uh, Mark uh, Sebastian. Mark, yeah. He's... Yeah, he uh, also had an experience where he witnessed Celie on the road. Hmm. Yeah, he saw her. At, like, there's a story, but this is super creepy. It's like a movie type experience. He saw her at this gas station, far away when he's filling gas, and then he turns around, turns, and then turns back, and she's standing right in front of him. I mean, super creepy. <laughs> <laughs> really creepy. I mean, I don't know if I even believe it because it's so crazy. 
But this girl has been spotted. Emily's seen her. I think Emily. I think you even had like a visitation from her in Kentucky, didn't you? Let's or no, not talk wrong? about. We're not. We're not talking about that right now. <laughs> That's unspoken. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want. Yeah, there's. Yeah, something happened here after that house too, um, which very rarely things like that has ever happened, and um, it creeps. It, it really creeped me out. It made me nervous. And you don't hear too many stories of like ghosts following you home or anything, but this ghost, she is just like a little. I mean, the way I see her. Uh, she's just really she's playful you know and she she does attach to people for sure so i think she's lonely in that house but i don't know i feel sorry for her i mean i'm just coming from a parent and i have a master's in teaching and um so i sit and think about this girl that's been slow and, and um has learning disabilities all of her life i don't think she was ever truly understood and then to have the pressures of of being a wife and children back then that's all all you did and not getting that and then you know really fell in love with someone which he didn't love her back but uh, more like an obsession i would think probably yeah but you know she was at her end so i felt sorry for her maybe if that's anybody wants to her. look up that house it's seely is c-e-e-l why is that what it is but anyway seely rose y'all got to look at pictures of the uh of the of the outside of that house it's definitely you can tell it's haunted you know i I didn't know until you got into the story but i've heard that story before i just didn't realize that's that's what the um the house that was the person of the house because i didn't recognize the name you know what's funny is like uh, so many things happened in the late 1800s to early 19 to like 1912 1895 to 1912 it's like so many hauntings uh occurred from that time frame (laughs) i don't know why so let me ask you this. This is kind of out of the, the blue and, and off subject a little bit, but do you guys have any intentions on going to Fox Hollow Farms up in uh, Indiana? I know that's kind of... Oh, that that's the serial killer guy. Correct. Uh, yeah. Oh, I would love to go. No doubt. I um, One of my friends, he investigates that all the time. Um, what was his name? He, 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 I, he killed gay men. Um, yeah, I can't so remember it, his name. Uh, there was like 11 or 12 of them on his property and he he did these murders while his family was out of town and most of the murders took place in the in, uh, indoor pool where he drowned them mm-hmm. um, but yeah what was his name he ended up committing suicide he went on the run didn't he they would try to catch him went on the run he committed suicide they found him in a hotel shot himself um wex not wexner sorry i'm thinking of uh, Ep, uh epstein <laughs> <laughs> um sorry sorry is it, the, is, it is it bomb meister or something yeah or something, something like that yeah yeah something like that oh i'd yeah. love to go in a heartbeat i'd love to go um but we also want to try to get these farmlands too that haven't been on television Seely rose was on ghost hunters i do believe back in 2001 but it hasn't been on there also Malibar well, they spent a, they spent a lot of time in actually uh, Guy Barry's house, and Guy Barry's house. We wanted to get in there. It's because it's right across the way, but it is completely full of bats. So it is not <laughs> a place that's really welcoming to the paranormal investigators out there. I actually, but listen, anybody anybody can really spend the night at Sealy Rose. You can actually rent that place. You know, have to sign some forms. You can, you know, spend a, just a little, you know, not too much money, but to, and you can, people can spend the night there. Also, too, really fast, the cabin, the the, um, the opening scene of uh, Shawshank Redemption, 
the cabin where he catches his wife cheating. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's on Malabar Farm. That's just right down the road from Seely Rose House too. Oh wow! He, and he stay the night there in that cabin. Yeah. So, um, but what I was going to say, we want to do other uh, farmlands too that haven't really been on television. And the next farm that I'm getting ready to do is in February, and it's actually the number one chestnut farm. Um, it, I, I, I believe you said in the United States, but it's here in Kentucky. It's in Olive Hill. And they've been having all kinds of crazy stuff going on out there. They built on top of an old foundation here recently and has been seeing stuff out in the yards and their driveways, people walking past their windows, um, things like that. So we're going to be going out there in February. Well, you're going up on, yeah, I thought you were going up on Saturday, you know? No, that's the the residential piece. Oh, another residential, residential. okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny because (laughs) my, my wife, Tracy, her mother... God rest her soul, was buried, or, uh, uh, actually born in Olive Hill. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh. Well, um, th- this is the chestnut farm in Olive Hill. I don't think it's been a, a chestnut farm for years and years and years. I think it's just been a chestnut farm in the last 10 years, and they've grown it up. Um, shoot, let me look it up really fast. Y'all might but have yeah. to join Emily out there. Yeah, you need to. You need, listen, <laughs> really? he's never come to Kentucky. He'll come to Columbus, Ooh, I've Ohio. Been to, I've been to Louisville. We did. We oh, were talking about. We, we've been to the Palace Theater. <laughs> he won't come to the country. The Palace, of Kentucky. The Palace is so. So while she's looking that up, what kind? What did? What did y'all do at the Palace? Did y'all come up with anything? So here's what we do. Oh, when I go yeah. to visit her, you know, we 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 try to stay at the most haunted Airbnb as possible. You know, of course. <laughs> and uh, we found a room above the Palace Theater. And let me tell you, that room was super, super haunted. There was a guy that would walk up and down the hallway at night. He flicked, my, flicked the lamp when I was trying to sleep. Flicked the coin off the table. He would. Um. He. We could. We saw his. Emily saw his shadow at some point. We got uh, EVPs. Um. He. You know the little thing on the door that's like the little metal thing to keep people from opening it. He'd flick that thing sometimes. It was. It was super, super haunted. I would say if you can stay at the Airbnb at Palace Theater. Go for it. What, what, what room was that? Because you don't want to get two? a good night's sleep. <laughs> I don't remember the room, but it's there, there can't be too many places. It. I, I would imagine that whole place is haunted. Any I had no idea that they even had rooms above there that you could even stay in. I thought the whole the thing was the palace. Right side of, right to the right side of the theater is a bunch of apartments. That I don't know if, if people in the past from the theater used to stay there or whatnot, or if it was other tenants, or, but it's right, you know, I mean, it's attached to the theater. I mean, it's right next to it. So, I mean, is there, ca- but is there, cafe- there's a cafeteria downstairs? Yeah, it's all right attached to the theater and very, very haunted. I didn't think it would be, but it was way more haunted than we thought it would be. Well, there's be. all kinds I of mean, reports of the theater itself being haunted. I've, I've been there several times, but never for anything other than like a concert or, or a. A comedian or something. I've never actually been there for anything paranormal, but yeah, there's all kinds of rumors about that place being haunted. Of course, it goes back so far, you know, you can finally probably expect that. Yeah, sure. They have a lot of good shows there. I saw them when we were there. Yeah, we, go ahead. Well, I mean, we kept getting a man's voice too on our EVPs and things through there, and then we come to find out afterwards. I didn't read up any history about it. I just heard that it was haunted, and I've seen pictures and stuff on social media that there was a man that worked there, and um, he had a heart attack in the basement of the place. But I was getting, um, I got an EVP there that's a, a Class A EVP that says, I still love her. 
and, and things. It was a it's a man. It was kind of sad. And what about this, Emily? Remember the first day we're there? I end up getting this. Um, we were there for a Paracon, you know, that happens in Louisville, and I had. Uh, I bought this thing called the Dandy, which is from yeah. Oh my God, what's the name of the Jackie Cave? Jack Cave Paranormal, and um, it's uh, it's basically like three pendulums next to each other. The whole thing is it's it's put into a wooden box with brass railings. It's kind of hard to explain, but these three pendulums are kind of hanging the way that you know on the desk when you have those little balls that knock each other, kind of like that. So three pendulums hanging down. You don't touch them, but what they do is they have infrared sensors underneath. And so when they move, they'll go bing, bong, bong. So you know which one, you know, you can change the, the tones, but it actually makes a tone. It was actually, the dandy was called the HTT3, which was like uh, harmonics through tone something. I don't know, but the, the idea is that, that the ghost can affect the pendulum without you having to touch it. And then you know that it's there. But so the crazy thing about this box is we had it. You have to plug it in, right? So I have to plug it into like a battery pack for a phone or one of those things, you know, like a little portable USB charger. And we plugged it in to test it right when we got it, assembled it, tested it, and then unplugged the charger. And, you know, 15 minutes later, we're in the room. Emily's getting ready. We're going to go out to dinner or wherever we're going or take a walk. And... We hear the thing go, bong, bong, or something like that. I go, what in the heck is that? She goes, oh, David, that's the machine, the dandy going off. I go, but Emily, it's not connected. I go <laughs> out there, and there was no battery connected to it. There's no way those infrared sensors could have made any kind of sound. That place was super haunted. Oh, I mean, even in the story, like I was saying before, I, we were going to go. The next day, I had to go to the airport at pretty early we're going to wake up, but I think at like 7 a.m. or something and 7, 8 a.m. And it was like three in the morning. We had to go to sleep. And this ghost would Emily could feel it in the room. And this thing would just not stop making noises. And then it just it flicked on the lamp. And then I said, please, please, please. I have to No. Then it flicked a coin. When I said, stop it. It flicked a coin off the table like a like a penny onto the floor. And I said, Please, 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 you got to stop because I have to go to the airport in the morning. Please, please. And it did stop. I mean, I, I think that's the way you got to get talk to a ghost is just be honest with it and say, please, you know, let me sleep. But anyone who tries to sleep there, you know, you're going to have to let that ghost know to, to calm oh. down a little with you. And the walking up and down the hallway there in in that suite, and uh, the did you say flicking the door latch? Yeah, it was flick. It was it yeah. flicks things, flicks the door latch, flicks the lamps, flicks coins off tables. Like hard, like it's not like a little flick you hear. Like it's one of those latches that are. It's a metal latch that you pull back, and it has a spring mm -hmm. on it, and you pull pull it back, and then it, if you let go of it really quick, it booms, it hits the door. Well, and the same thing it, with the coin. The coin didn't just end up right on the floor. It flicked it halfway across the room. I mean, this thing has power. That ghost has some energy to it. Pretty amazing. The farm in Olive Hill is Eisner Farms, um, also called Chestnut Hill Farm. Okay. It's E-U-S-N-E-R, Farms. That's going to be good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you go to Haunted Farmlands on Facebook, um, which is facebook.com backslash Haunted Farmlands, you'll see some images and stuff of the of the lands there. But a lot of these farms, too, that I've, I've come to read about and learn about, a lot of them kind of are surrounded 
or they're close to Indian burial grounds. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so I think a lot of those things that have happened, and a lot of the homes and stuff I've investigated, especially here in Ashland, because we had Adena burial grounds everywhere in Ashland. It wasn't just in our Central Park. And a lot of the houses have built been built over top of them, and those are our most haunted locations that have been uh, possibly built over top of them. Uh, I've got a, a blueprint of a home. Um, it's in our historical district. It's a pretty big house. It's the Seton Manor that I used to do uh, residential. Uh, well, I was a residential paranormal investigator and did events there for two years, but um, I found the old blueprints up in, in the attic. It was from eighteen. 18- 55 or 65 and it said Adina in the in the basement in the corner and then it had an X on it so I don't know if they like removed those or they just built over top of them and then when I went to our local library and was researching some of our, our land development from back then uh, those Adina burial grounds extended all the way down from just not our central park but all the way down where our whole almost our whole downtown's built hmm and we're right next to the Ohio River. So, and we're on a ley line. So, let's get... Let's, <laughs> you got all let, the, let, all we the got it. We got good it all. Stuff. <laughs> What's <laughs> next? Are you on, like, lateral 37 or... Like is there, is there an electrical right. plant near you? <laughs> you know, there was, and it's closed down. There was AK Steel 2 here that they closed down. We had coal also running through here with CSX. Um, we have Marathon, the big refinery out in the county. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I remember the first time that I, I came to Ashland. We were actually, uh, we were going to West Virginia. And we passed through there and I was with my ex-wife. And we get there and that smell hit us from the, you know. Yeah. And my wife looks over at me at the time. She looks over at me and, and it's like, did you? And I'm like, don't you dare try to blame her whole damn refinery on me. <laughs> well, uh, that, that's Ashland for you. <laughs> we should smell more pleasant but you know now i'm thankful that we just have jobs so yeah. you know thank goodness for the marathon because i think that's the only thing that's keeping this town going right now so emily let me ask you this it's, it's off subject again but since you live in ashland um what's the what's it been like around there talk wise amongst the paranormal community since uh hellier and hellier 2 came out uh-oh Lord, I, you know, I don't have any tequila. Um, so don't get us started. Shoo. Oh, me and him have, we, he put me on Twitter. I'll tell you that. And he didn't Who's him? Say, Who's him? Uh, Greg Newkirk. Greg Newkirk put me on Twitter because I stuck up for somebody that is local to our town that he was making fun of. When he comes to our town to film and realizes that there's a lot of mental illness in our town, and nobody was really doing anything with this guy downtown. He's the sole pro, pro, uh, protester of these statues that were just put in. Um, nobody did anything because we all know him. We're, we are a small community. We all know each other. He has some mental issues. I worked in healthcare. Um, you know, I he's been seen for mental issues. I can't say anything more than that. I'm not going to say his name either in case there's HIPAA violation. But, you know, uh, he proceeds to make fun of this guy. And I just, I just, I, David knows me, I can't keep my mouth shut, but this was on Instagram. She's so a firecracker. I, I, say I say something on Instagram part. Well, then he takes my screenshots 
uh, Greg Newkirk takes my screenshots and puts it on Twitter, but marks my name out. So then I see it on Twitter. So then I'm like, buddy, why don't you tag me so maybe I can get some followers? And I kind of got smart aleck and was going back and forth with him on there. And so um, then I I ended up not going any further with him on, on Twitter. But then I go back to his Instagram and one of my friends messages me. She's one of the, the um, people that uh, watches my show on Friday nights. She said, your responses aren't on there anymore. So I go and I look and I see my responses on there. But then I go onto my haunted farmlands, and I go look, and he deleted my response. He manipulated those responses to make him look good. Hmm. And, yeah, oh, I will never, sorry, uh, I'm just telling the honest truth, and you can put this on there, you can edit it out, but I will never support weird anything uh, with them, and I will never support Hellier again. And I was all excited about it. David could tell you. I was excited. But, you know, and then he goes to our museum and kind of starts making fun of, um, Billy Ray Cyrus and stuff, and yeah, he's not probably the greatest representative of our town, but you know, he came from here. He dated he, he, he dated my cousin. He's an he's always been good to us here oh, here at home. And Miley comes to our local mall and shops. I mean, I don't know what she does, but um, you know, but that's still you know our town. And he comes and makes fun of us um, and says some things, but yeah, no, I will never support Hellier. I think. Um, the, especially season two, I was bored of it anyway, um, but I still supported him. And I think it was just a bunch of nonsense talking in circles. Well, I got to be honest, I wasn't expecting that response. <laughs> I didn't think you were. <laughs> well, I didn't know that you two had had some, some uh, interactions. I, I just, well, uh, I was thinking, you know, that maybe the, there, there would be a little bit of a, I wouldn't even think it from a negative standpoint. I was just thinking maybe. You know that there was a lot of uh, uh, people excited. You didn't know what that you're that, getting into. <laughs> yeah, I thought that people might just be excited that that the uh, city was being brought up and all this, and just curious what people thought from the paranormal standpoint on if they felt like there was any validity. Uh, no, well, I think the we, thing that got Emily was the it. statues. It was the pagan statues that were put up. That no, really, it's not. I mean. I'm no. pagan, so they're not really pagan. They're more like kind of anarchy statues, nonetheless. But that's—I think—that's the problem you had, right, Emily? Or? Um, no, the 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 pagan statues is not the problem. The pagan statues that say it represent Ashland, Kentucky, and Appalachian culture is the problem. They don't represent Ashland, Kentucky. They don't re- represent the 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 miners and, and the hardworking people here. And they don't re- uh, represent the pogues that founded Ashland and Mr. Hamilton that suggested that we have Hamilton or the means that had the brickyards and and, and um, all that stuff that built our town in Ironton. It was iron and steel and everything. Uh, you know, Venus. Come on. Venus does not represent Appalachian unless you want to talk about pres- uh, prostitution. So, you I think know, the statues would be better in Chicago or something. It's not Appalachian culture. It's just I'd much rather see Adena Indians on the river there in statues and things like that from the Indian. Um, that's where we all came from. Unfortunately, you know, artwork is, you know, the, the I live here in my I live in Coral Gables, Florida, in Miami, and we just got a statue put down here three three years ago that's like this big monstrosity of a flower monster creature that looks like something out of little house of horrors i'm like why would they put this like we have super laws here to keep everything spanish looking kind of like like this 1920s 
Spain type look, you know, these Adobe type homes and these like special type Florida homes. And then they add this big purple pink flower in the middle. But, you know, you never know what I think the thing is sometimes the city is friends with the artist and wants to give them 1.5 million or whatever they're giving. And there's something political going on. And, you know, it's unfortunate that they'll stick a statue in the middle of your city that has nothing to do with it. Or three in this well, case, right? Well, it's fortunate that they put, these stat- they put these statues up two weeks ago, and then we have one of our biggest employer that's uh, uh, Our Lady of Belfont Hospitals closing doors. Cursed our town, is what I'm saying. 1,300 jobs out the door. So, I, I don't know. Uh, Greg Newkirk, if you want to tag him in this, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, my God. Tell him, tell him to call me. <laughs> Make sure he tags me, though. I need followers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of followers, that's for sure. Well, people kept thinking I was married to him, right, David? Yeah, they thought you were dating him. Yeah, well, they, thought I, <laughs> they, they thought I was Dana when I had dark, like longer dark hair. And people people were messaging me, you know, asking me how Greg was. And I'm like, who's this Greg guy? This was a couple of years ago. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, who else? Was, is, are the Judds from Ashland? Yes. Yeah. We have... We have the Judds, we have uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, we have, um, oh shoot, he just passed away not too long ago. I helped him um, um, a few times, but the guy that was on Predator that slashed his chest open, and was like, ah! Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, he, he was from here. Um, gosh, we have several. We have that guy, well, um, Steve Kazee, he was on um, The Walking Dead last season for a couple episodes, but he was on a really popular uh, show during the week. I can't remember the name of, of that show. Cause I don't, didn't you I don't, date him? No, him, no, oh, no. He asked me to go out with him, but he was too old. My parents wouldn't let me. I'm kind of glad. You know, you were talking about Olive Hill. Do you know, you know who's famous from Olive Hill, correct? Who? Tom T. Hall. I don't know who that is. The the country singer Tom T. Hall? Tom T. Hall? No. Well, yeah, you're still young. You <laughs> look him up after we get through. You'll know who he is. But actually he used to live right next door to my, my mother in law. So but but Wow. You'll you'll know some of his songs once you look him look him up. You you've probably heard him and just didn't even realize it. I probably do. And I I don't I'm not good with names or anything like that. Uh Unless I, I can remember the song, I can't remember the artist that much. So, unless it might be like 1990s rap or early 2000s. Yeah, rap. De- it definitely wasn't that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, what's Eminem's real name? Michael. Marshall Mathers. Marshall, Marshall Mathers. I knew it was M and M. So. Well, guys, it's been uh, surprisingly fun. Not surprisingly that it was fun, but surprises in the end that I wouldn't expect. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. But, uh, I, you know, I'm thanks, sorry. For, thanks for ruining any chance we had with getting Kim and, and Dana on the show. But uh, Good job, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, can, we can redo this if you need to. I, I, I'll be nice. Now, I, I, but, I, think, no. I, I actually do think we're going to have some connections coming up because uh, I think Connor is going to come on with us. Oh, uh, Connor's fantastic. Yeah, I think Connor's going to come on, and I've talked to uh, uh, Tyler about the possibility of coming on. So, Yeah, Connor is awesome. I've, I've chatted with Connor a few times over um, the Stanley Hotel, 
and um, he's he's a really great guy. And notice none of his um, none of those guys got involved with the Twitter thing. But I'm like, if you're going to be a man and you're going to post this up on Twitter, tag me. You know, <laughs> tag on it. So but uh, fun yeah, times. but uh, Connor's awesome. Well, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to that one. So. Well, guys, it's been fun. Tell everybody once again how they can keep up with you. So you got the, the we talked about the Facebook page. Uh, what's what's what do you got on Instagram and everything else where people can follow you? I've got uh, a website, doyouseedeadpeople.org, um, and then Prison Paranormal Research South Florida. And Emily, I have a website, uh, what uh, org. And also, I'm on Instagram, but we have Prison Paranormal Network on Instagram, and we have the Prison Paranormal uh, Network on um, Facebook. Guys, it's been fun. We'll have to do it again as you get a little deeper into some of these other other towns and other farmlands you go to. Yeah. We'll get you on and talk about some of those. All right. Thank you so much for having us us on. It was fun. So I don't think the Newkirks have a newfound fan in Emily Menhouse. I think you're correct about that. <laughs> so let's not ever bring it up again. Yeah, if only I'd have known. <laughs> and it's funny because, like I said, that was just something kind of thrown in at the very end, mm-hmm. thinking, oh, you know, we'll just end on this. And it ended up being like the best part of the whole <laughs> the whole interview. So, But, yeah, you guys are going to have to check them out. They're uh, they're doing some good things over there, so I'm excited to see what they bring bring apart. We were on, they, they do their little TV show, or their uh, their uh, internet uh-huh. station show mm-hmm. uh, at Paranormal Warehouse, and we, uh, like I said, we we're going to probably redo that again because the last time we were on there was all kinds of uh, it kept we kept losing the feed from them. They kept losing the feed from uh-huh. us, so it was a semi disaster on on it working out. So we're going to once they get all the bugs worked out at the station there, then we're going to come back on see if we can't have some fun. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, guys, thank you so much. We appreciate you spending some time with us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys.